Hey friends, this is Evangelist Micah McCurry, Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast today. We are closing out our week of Real Bible Answers with Pastor Joe Grimaldi. Let me encourage you to do this. After the close of this broadcast, visit realbibleanswers.com. That would be very helpful to you. If you have a friend that maybe has more questions about the Bible, more questions about eternity, how to accept Christ as their Savior, visit realbibleanswers.com. Of course, if you'd like to receive some gospel tracts completely free, that's what our ministry, Bible Tracts Incorporated, has been all about for 80 plus years. Today, we're going to conclude our answer to this question, is Calvinism heresy? You see, yesterday, Pastor Romali refuted biblically, and he used Bible for it, the first three points of Calvinism, the T, the U, and the L of the normal tulip acrostic. And today, he's going to get into I and P. And then we're going to close with some rapid-fire questions from people just like you, and we're going to give some Bible answers to those questions. If you have a question, you have something you'd like to be addressed, maybe even on this broadcast, text me, 309-316-7240. Again, that number is 309-316-7240. Now, Pastor Romaldi, if you would, talk to us about that question. Is Calvinism heresy? Well, addressing it once again, I think it is uh, the way a hyper-Calvinist would believe it. I know there's a lot of folks, once again, that would say maybe I'm a one-point, a two-point Calvinist. I disagree with all the points of Calvinism. Uh, We talked about total depravity, uh, that man is so depraved uh, that God would even have to put the faith in him for him to believe. That would take away his free choice. We gave verses about that. We talked about unconditional election, and uh, God's election seems to always be conditional. It's conditional on his foreknowledge. And then we talked about the limited atonement, uh, which is, in my opinion, one of the most insulting parts of the doctrine, uh, that his blood and his atonement was only for the elect and not for the whole world. And now today, uh, we're going to talk about irresistible grace. Irresistible grace means that if God is extending the grace of salvation to someone, they cannot resist. They have to be saved. They don't even have a choice in it. And so, you know, someone has asked me one time, can God save you against his will? Well, according to a hyper-Calvinist and and the points of Calvinism, especially this point, irresistible grace, the answer to that would be yes. But of course, that seems somewhat ridiculous. And so here's a few verses on the subject. Proverbs chapter uh, 1 and verse 24 says, because I have called and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. So in that text, God was saying he's calling to man, he's stretching out his hand, but man's not listening, man's not responding. Uh, Sure sounds to me uh, like God's uh, grace was resisted. Uh, Then there's another verse in Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse 13. It says, And now, because ye have done all these works, saith the Lord, And I spake unto you, rising up early and speaking, but ye heard not. And I called you, but you answered not. Therefore will I do this, uh, will I do unto this house, which is is called by my name, wherein ye trusted, and unto the place which I gave to you and to your fathers. Now, I want you to understand in both those texts, God is saying, I'm calling to you. You're not listening. I'm trying to get your attention, and you won't pay attention to it. That sounds like you can resist the grace of God. Then there's the famous text in Matthew chapter 23, where Jesus is speaking. uh, And in verse 37 of the chapter, uh, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how oft would I 
have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. There's Jesus talking to Jerusalem. He said, I wanted to draw you, but you wouldn't do it. Sounds like they were able to resist the grace of God. So when it comes to irresistible grace, it doesn't seem to be at all consistent with all the things that God talks about in the Bible. Old Testament, he wanted to draw them. Jesus wanted to draw Jerusalem uh, in the New Testament, but they would not. So it sure appears like God's grace can be resisted. So we talked about the total depravity of man, uh, the unconditional election, the limited atonement, the irresistible grace. And then the last uh, point of the five points of Calvinism uh, with the tulip acrostic is the perseverance of the saints. Now, this is the one that seems to be uh, somewhat vague to me always um, because different people sort of interpret it differently. But for the most part, the concept is that if you're really saved, you'll never fall away from the faith. Um, some people would say uh, that, well, if you backslide a little bit, that's okay. And the question is, well, how far can someone backslide and how far can they not? You know, where, where's the line there? Where's the limit? And so it's somewhat vague and it's somewhat confusing to me. But for the most part, their concept of this is that if you're genuinely saved, you are not going to fall away from your faith. And if you do, then you were never saved and you were never part of the elect. You were just a phony to begin with. Uh, but here's uh, what Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So if a person trusts Christ and he's genuinely saved, he can never be lost. He's in the hand of God. It doesn't matter whether he backslides. Uh, it doesn't matter whether he's the prodigal son or the good son that stays home. Either way, he's a son of God. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have children uh, that have gone astray, but they're still their children. And when the Bible says, but as many as received him, to them he gave he power to become the sons of God, even them that believe on his name, uh, that means that I can never unbe a child of God. I will always be his child. I might not be an obedient child. I not, might not be uh, the best child to bring honor to my father, but I'm still a child. And at the end of the day, all God's children come home. There's another verse uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13. Always interested me. This verse always interests me. It says this, If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. you got to understand something. My salvation is, and the, the, the maintaining of my salvation is not based on me persevering. Maintaining my salvation is based on God and who he is. And that verse says that even when I, my faith wavers, even when I believe not, God continues to be faithful because he cannot deny himself. And so I love that verse. I've always felt like uh, when God puts his Holy Spirit in you at salvation, even though you get times in your life when you sort of maybe vacillate and you may be wayward, you may even get backslidden, the bottom line is God can look at you and still see himself in you, and he cannot deny himself. So once again, uh, I do not believe any of the five points of Calvinism. I think there is something wrong with all of those ideas. Uh, the person's question was, do you believe that Calvinism is heresy? Uh, the easy answer, we've spent, spent two segments on it, but the easy answer would be yes. 
There you go. Well, Nathan from Superior, Arizona, thank you for the question. And I hope that this short study, and Pastor Grimaldi mentioned that he taught on this subject for, oh, I think, one week, uh, one service a week for 52 weeks or thereabouts. So you could really say that we boiled 52 hours worth of teaching into barely 15 minutes or so. But if you have more questions, feel free to reach out. The announcer at the conclusion of the broadcast will tell you more about how you can get in touch with us. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend, we have about four or five minutes left on the broadcast. We are going to answer some questions rapid fire. And so stick with us if you would. I know you'll appreciate this. So let's begin with this question right here, Pastor Grimaldi. It comes in from Adam of Auburn, New York. He says this, Jesus typically rebuked the scribes and Pharisees when he was dealing with them directly, except for in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. Is it possible that the scribe in this passage is Nicodemus? Well, I don't believe it was Nicodemus. And uh, let me read the text and I'll tell you why. Verse 28 says, One of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceived that he had, that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is another commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth. There is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the soul and with all the strength and to love his neighbors himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God, and no man after that dost ask him any question. So very quickly, uh, Nicodemus was a Pharisee and not a scribe. And they were very big in class systems in Bible time. And a Pharisee would have been a much higher class than a scribe. A scribe would have been a middle to a middle low class. And I think that because they were big on class systems and they were big on titles, uh, that they would not have called him a scribe when he was a Pharisee. Secondly, uh, Nicodemus, uh, I'm sorry, the man in this question, this story, the, the scribe, was not treated harshly because you'll notice Jesus is being questioned harshly. These people don't really want no answers. They're just trying to trip him up. But this guy comes in and says, this scribe comes in and says, oh, you've said the truth. You're answering correctly. Let me ask you another question. And I agree with you. This person was not being um, adversarial to Jesus. Uh, so I think that's why he answered him politely. I don't think it had anything to do with the fact that he could have been Nicodemus. I don't think that's correct. Excellent. We probably have time for one more question here. Let's go to Kenny from Colorado. He says this, how would you do family devotions with kids with larger age gap differences? Would you pick Bible stories, maybe do a family reading, such as read a few chapters as a family and discuss them or use an outline or a booklet devotional for kids? How would you go about that? Well, I think it's very uh, good to have family devotions, first of all. Second of all, I think if you have a wide uh, variety of ages, one of the things you really ought to do is let the older kids be part of it. Let them read some of the scripture. You might want to get a, 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 a devotion program. Uh, John Rice years ago wrote a Bible storybook for kids. Let the older kids read part of it uh, and even help tell the stories to the younger kids and make it exciting, make it entertaining. Be careful you don't preach to the kids 
and browbeat them or they're never going to want to do it. Make it a joyful time and a great experience. And the older kids will learn a lot by trying to help the younger kids by reading the scriptures and telling the stories as well. Excellent. Now, listener, haven't you enjoyed this time? It's been such a great joy to have Pastor Grimaldi on the program. I hope we've been able to get to your question. I know there may be a few here or there we weren't able to answer in full, but please feel free, feel free to, to follow up. You can text me 309-316-7240. But my hope is maybe in the future we'll have Pastor Grimaldi back on again. But before we do that, let's do this. Let's find someone to share the gospel with this week. Let's go to realbibleanswers.com right now. Let's go to BibleTracksInc.org and order one of our sample packets. Thank you so much for being with us on the Bible Track Echoes radio broadcast. Have a great day for His glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.